the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. As believers in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it is vital that we possess the mind of Christ. How do we do that? By consistently studying and applying God's Word daily. We are compelled to let the mind of Christ be in us and assures us that as the children of God, we can have the mind of Christ. The question is, do we exercise this God-given gift daily? No matter what is going on around us, we should not fear, but trust God because He is with us from our beginning to our end. There is no wiggle room here. Either we trust God or we don't. We must know that no matter what we see or hear, we can have the mind of Christ. Have Bible, pen, and paper handy, and listen closely as Pastor Rander teaches us today. As I preach your glorious gospel, help me to preach it in the power of the Spirit. Your people open hearts to receive a word from the Lord. Father, help our minds not to be distracted. Help us to be attentive. Open our minds so that we will live in a way that's pleasing in your name as we sojourn a little while in your world. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. In the presence of God. Philippians 2.5 and 1 Corinthians 2.16b is our theme text that we have been addressing. It is a foundational text for this series on the mind of Christ. Philippians 2.5 says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. And 1 Corinthians 2.16b says, but we have the mind of Christ. Repeat that after me. But we have the mind of Christ. I want you to say it a little bit louder because I want that to ring in your soul and spirit. But we have the mind of Christ. A little bit louder. But we have the mind of Christ. Thank you. I want to preach on the priority of believers possessing the mind of Christ. It is amazing how believers in the Lord's church can be saved by the same Jesus. We can read out of the same Bible. We can all hear the same message that I'm preaching right now. We can all have the same Heavenly Father, be indwelt with the same Holy Spirit, and go into the same Heavenly home. And yet many think so differently when we speak about and process the issues of life. 
If you do not possess the mind of Christ, you are destined to struggle with life issues. If you don't possess the mind of Christ, you will live in uncertainty. You will have restless of spirit. You will live at a level of mediocrity. You will lack spiritual fulfillment and not reach your potential for Christ. It is critical that all of us possess the mind of Christ and Satan is going to do everything within his power from keeping you from having the mind of Christ, including closing your mind to this message and dismissing it so that there is no change, no change, no transformation. His desire and purpose, he don't mind you coming to the house of God as long as you leave just like you came. Beloved, it is God's will that you cultivate the mind of Christ for it is the surest way to please and glorify Christ in this life. If the church does not allow the word of God to be the final authority when dealing with controversial issues, then believers cannot operate in the unity of the spirit. Now, we expect confusion in the world, and we expect the world to be all over the place. But where we ought to have unity of doctrine and unity of mind and unity of spirit is in the context of the Lord's church. And you know what unifies us? It is the word of God that unifies us. It is not our opinions that unifies us. It is not what we think that unifies us. It is not what the media says that unifies us. If we're going to be on the same page, if we're going to be on a united front thrusting out, uh, being light in a dark and decadent world, we must believe the word of God and live by the word of the living God. What is the mind of Christ? Exactly what is the mind of Christ? To have the mind of Christ is to think like Christ. To have the mind of Christ is to govern our lives by the words of Christ. The words of the Bible and the words of the Holy Spirit. The mind of Christ is a mind that is surrendered to Christ. You're not struggling with God and what he says. You're not telling God what you don't want to do. It is a mind that is surrendered to Christ. The mind of Christ is to be guided by the Lord's thoughts and divine purposes. I'd like to ask you a question. Who owns your mind? Do you have the mind of Christ? Is your mind a secular mind, a worldly mind, a mind full of pleasure? Do you have a mind that loves the Lord, a mind that seeks the heart of God, and a mind that is led by the Spirit of God. The mind of Christ, it is a mind that is saturated with the word of God. The mind of Christ emanates from one who is obedient to the will and word of God. Oh, I want you to hear. I can't deal with all the issues of our day. But I'm going to deal with the help of the Lord with a number of issues. And, um, and I'm not afraid. I've always been a bold kind of a preacher. I'm not afraid of people being offended. Jesus offended. 
I want to love people. I love people. I love all of you. But I love you too much not to tell you the truth. Because only the truth of God's word is going to set you free. You see, there are a lot of lies swirling out there. There's a lot of deception. And people are biting at all of this stuff, embracing it all, because they don't know what is truth. This Bible is the truth. John 17, 17 says, thy word is truth. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Well, let's get to the truth of God's word. What hinders believers from possessing the mind of Christ? What hinders believers from possessing the mind of Christ? Many believers are not of the same mind in the body of Christ because they do not have a high view of the supremacy of Scripture. They don't have a high view of this Bible. They don't have a view that says God said it. That settles it whether I believe it or not. Uh, They won't let God have the last word. They want to have the last word. Many believers are not of the same mind in the body of Christ because they do not have a high view of the supremacy of Scripture. Matthew 4, 4 says, but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Look, underline this, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every word. You mean every word? Every word from Genesis to Revelation, every word that comes out of the mouth of God. This book speaks forth the voice of God, the word of God to the glory of God. The word of God must be transcendent. Say transcendent. The word of God must be transcendent. The word of God must reign supreme and be the final authority in the lives of believers in the Lord's church. Many saints say they love the Bible, but do not allow the Bible to govern their lives. They say they love the Bible, but they refuse to allow the Bible to guide their lives. They say they love the Bible, but they do not allow the Bible to superintend their lives spiritually, which results in conflicting views in how they think on critical issues affecting the life of the church and how we conduct ourselves in a fallen world today. Absolutely nothing should take precedent over the word of God. Did you hear what I said? Absolutely nothing should take place over the word of God so that you can be kingdom minded. Say kingdom minded. You don't want to be media minded. You don't want to be political minded. You want to be what? Kingdom minded in a fallen, depraved, wicked world. When you diminish the word of God in your life, you lower your spiritual thinking. You lower your spiritual level and you lower your spiritual living. You see, I say it again. When you diminish this book, you lower your spiritual level, you lower your spiritual thinking, and you lower your spiritual living. You actually settle for a lot less than what God has for you and never reach your potential in Christ. Beloved, if believers live, if believers believe, if believers stand, and if believers have conviction on every word that comes out of the mouth of God, the church will not allow Satan to confuse us on critical issues that we are facing today. 
Let me say that again, because that's so critical. Y'all hanging with me? I want you to hang with me now. You need to be writing down. You, you're not going to hear this every Sunday everywhere you go. You, this is foreign, but I want you to hang. I want you to stay with me now. Don't choke. Some of you choking already, and I'm just getting, I'm still in the intro. <laughs> if believers, listen, beloved, if believers live for Christ, believe on Christ, stand on Christ, and have convictions on every word, say every word. That comes from the mouth of God. What, what is the mouth of God? The word of God. The church will not allow Satan to confuse us on the critical issues of our day. Now, that's all introduction because I wanted you to really get settled into the message. Now, let's look at some biblical responses to the critical issues of our day. Let's look at some biblical uh, responses to the critical issues of our day. First of all, let's look at abortion. Say abortion. We live in a society where everything is based on self-indulgence. And as a result of this culture, the conscience of many people has been seared and the life of the unborn child does not stand a chance. Abortion could be called the ultimate form of selfishness. You often hear the chant today, my body, my choice, my body, my choice, which is a feminist slogan used in several countries to include America. Beloved, this is extremely offensive to God because he is the creator of our body. He owns our body and he holds all rights to our body. And if you believe that, can you say amen? Because we live in a culture of death, multitudes in our society have been desensitized to the sin of abortion. This leads to the willful killing of the unborn. Beloved, human life begins at conception, and for anyone to murder a baby in the womb is a gross sin against Almighty God. Where's the scripture? Psalms 139 verses 13 through 16, which says, for you form my inward parts. Everything inside of you and outside of you, God formed. You covered me in my mother's womb. When you were in the womb, God formed you. When you didn't realize you were being formed, I will praise you. We ought to praise God because he formed us in the womb. You have to have life in the womb before you can have life outside the womb. For Look what it says. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Don't let anybody speak less of you. Don't let anybody talk down to you. Don't take anybody's label of you. Listen, know who you are and whose you are. You're a child of the king. You are a saint. You are a child of the living God. Don't embrace names that's not yours. You embrace what the Bible calls you. You are a son and daughter of the kingdom. And in this creation within the womb, marvelous are your works. And that your soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. Uh, and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance. 
God saw the substance. God saw the sperm going to fertilize the eggs. The substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they are written. The days fashioned for me, you created. When as yet there were none of them. Psalms 127.3 also says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. The scripture says that children are a blessing and a reward. Again, the scripture says that children are a what? Blessing and a reward from the Lord. From the Lord. From the Lord. And we should align our view of children from God's word. Sadly, some people view children as a burden. They regret that they have gotten pregnant, but they enjoy the experience. Some couples look at children, once they find out they're pregnant, as dream wreckers. Dream wreckers. Some look at children as an inconvenience. But that very child you give birth to could be the greatest blessing in your life. Even into your old age. There are people who are dying lonely, wish they could have just one child to be near them. Children can also be a great blessing to society and the kingdom of God. Look at Exodus chapter 1, verses 15 through 21. It says, then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives of whom the name of one was Shifra and the name of the other was Poor. And he said, when you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. This is an edict from Pharaoh himself. But if it's a daughter, then let she shall live. Verse 17. But the midwives feared God. And that's what we lack in today, even in the church. How many of you fear God enough to obey him? They fear the midwives feared God enough to obey him, regardless of what King uh, Pharaoh had said. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them but save the male children alive in spite of the decree of Pharaoh. Is it in your Bible? Verse 18. So, so the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, y'all come here. I'm just paraphrasing. Why have you done this thing, says the word of God, and save the male children alive? And the midwife said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, <laughs> For they are lively and give birth before the midwives uh, come to them. You see, they were careful how they, they didn't say because we didn't want to. They didn't say that. that no, no. You can, listen, when you're dealing with people in authority and people that are demonic, you better know how to answer. They, they answered wisely. Verse 20 says, therefore, God dealt well with the midwives. See, God blesses his word. And the people multiplied and grew very mighty. And so it was because the midwives feared God that he provided households for them. Obedience brings blessings. God bless them. He blessed them and provided household for them because they were obedient in spite of what Pharaoh said. Even when Pharaoh, who represents the government, 
passed an edict for the midwives to do selective abortion by murdering the boys but saving the girls. The midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them but saved the male children alive. The midwives refused to do sex selective abortions and their actions resulted in their being blessed by God for their faithfulness to his word. Verse 21 says... And because the midwives feared God, God gave them families of their own. He blessed their faithfulness to his word. Let, so that's abortion. Let's transition now to euthanasia. Say euthanasia. This is also called assisted suicide or mercy killing. People seeking assisted suicide are seeking to euthanize themselves with the aid of another person to ensure that death is quick and painless. The person assisting the suicide facilitates death by making preparations and furnishing the needed equipment. But the person seeking death is the one who actually initiates the process. By taking a hands-off approach to the death itself, the facilitator seeks to avoid charges of murder. Proponents of assisted suicide often use a positive spin by using a term such as death with dignity. But death with dignity is still death. Assisted suicide is still suicide. And suicide is sin. But it is still not the unpardonable sin. Beloved, we live in a culture of death which is all around us, and many would rather wear images of skeletons, clothing of skeletons, clothing that promotes death, rather than clothing that promotes life. This focus on death as an answer to the world's problem is a total reversal of the biblical model. Let me tell you something. You never heard it like this, but I'm going to tell you what the Bible says about death. Death is an enemy. So if you want to put on deathly things and skeletons and all that, you're putting on that, that which is an enemy. Death is an enemy. You say, where is that? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26 says, the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Life is a sacred gift from God. Genesis 2, 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. When given the choice between life and death, God told the Israelites to choose life. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. Let the scripture speak. It is not my opinion. Deuteronomy 13, 19 says, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. Look, underline this. Therefore, choose life. Choose life. The government will say choose death. Uh, the secular media will say choose death. Uh, uh, the devil will say choose death. But the word of God says, therefore, 
choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Look how quiet it got. You're listening. Say amen. Amen. Are y'all still there? Beloved, even if you are put to death with dignity or your death is painless, euthanasia is man's attempt to usurp God's authority to give life and to take it away. The overriding truth that God is sovereign drives us to the conclusion that assisted suicide is sin. We know that physical death is inevitable. We know that physical death is inevitable. Psalms 89, 48a says, what man can live and not see death? People die. Hebrews 9, 27 also says, and as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Beloved, the same God who, who alone is sovereign and brought you into this world, knows the exact time of your death, and you don't have to help God. We should never seek to prematurely end a life, but neither should we go, listen closely, but neither should we go to uh, to extraordinary means to preserve a life when that person's time on earth has come to an end. And you just let them hang on the machine, even though they're brain dead and gone. You just let them hang on because you cannot let them go. To actively hasten death is wrong. I said again, to actively hasten death is wrong. To passively withhold treatment can also be wrong. But to allow death to occur naturally in a terminally ill person is not necessarily wrong. Anyone facing this sensitive issue should pray to God for wisdom. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching and would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit MaranathaSA.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas 78109. And if you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the Radio Broadcast Support Fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.